0: The conference finals are in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders, that's big time here in Phoenix, are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. Yep, that's right. Up to $10,000 in total prizes are up for grab each day. The best part, it is completely free to play. The DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from what team will hit the most three-pointers to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get free your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details.
1: Everyone, Tim are here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup: Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Ooh, Former Shangalanka. Hi,
0: hi. Hello and welcome, everybody, into another edition of the Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, VHS cassette. Uh, rabbit ears on your TV, where, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to us on the podcast. We appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you know. I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. Joining me, as always, is the Silver Fox. He is a man, a myth, and a legend. He is a Dave King. Dave, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've listened to Vince Murata so much uh, doing PA announcing over the last few weeks, that now I, I, I feel like I have now to give it a we're little really bit extra. we like that. That's right. And, and now, the Carmel Thunder from Down Under, Saul Bookman. So how are you?
1: Good. Uh, I don't have anything clever to say this morning, so uh, carry on.
0: Little known fact, I actually did PA announcing down in Tucson at the U of A, so... It's not the first time I've ever had to uh sound sport? like that for what sport? Uh for women's uh soccer, uh I did softball and I did baseball. Huh, look at that. Jody Aylor's understudy, actually. Small world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, just
0: random <laughs> facts this morning.
2: Not, not that anybody's here.
0: <laughs> not that anybody's here for uh random facts about Espo. That it would be the worst hour. In podcast history, and to prevent us from having the worst hour in podcast (laughs) history, we have brought in a very special guest this morning. She's been on the show before, and we love her for it because she's uh, willing to come back again. It is Gina Mizell from Sons.com. Gina, good morning from Milwaukee. How are you?
3: Hello. Welcome to my wonderful
2: Hotel room, there's like a casual mirror over Amen. here,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's a seen, we've day. It's seen
1: worse, a... so good, yeah, I, good uh, no, I,
3: I shouldn't complain. It's, it's a very no, nice day,
1: Dave, nice. Dave has absolutely seen worse. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> <I can laughs> I promise fun, you I, that. I, you got
2: I, the I, residential I, suite with the leather, faux <laughs> leather, uh, right? You
3: know. I know this is like a very nice, it's yeah, yeah.
1: he's he's usually in the motel, not the hotel. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I was telling you guys before we started though, I like it's a cloudy day and the windows are very oddly placed. In this room, so like if I if I put my computer on the desk, I'm incredibly dark. So I'm sitting on the bed because that's like the only place that seems to have some natural light coming in. So anyway, all's good though. It's we were just talking about how this has been such a crazy, well, I was gonna say crazy week, but crazy playoff time. Um, but we're just I think all riding the wave right now. That's what we're I keep all telling.
2: Riding the wave, exactly.
0: Gina that is not the worst hotel room somebody from suns.com has done a podcast in. I spent 2 weeks in uh, the the pyramid shaped hotel in Las Vegas for Summer League. Yes, the uh, yeah and uh, the Luxor uh, for, the pinnacle, for 2 so weeks wait, wait. for Summer League. So the
2: pinnacle of Espo's uh suns.com career is working from the Vegas hotel room for Summer League. I did the not say that was the pinnacle. Gina's, yeah, that's the pinnacle. And then the pinnacle of Gina's sons.com careers, the NBA freaking finals. Yeah. Let's compare these careers.
3: I I <laughs> well, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> so, I'm just Timing. Writing, writing, Timing me, is I'm everything. Writing is everything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But grateful to be here. Um, it's yeah, what a run this has been. I mean, I know we'll we'll dive deeper into it, but I feel like the, I think the last time I was on um, was when was it? Was it after was During it the before?
1: Nugget series? It was yeah, the Nugget, Nugget
3: series. because I'm like the only human on the planet who has covered both <laughs> Yeah. Everything that's happened since then, it's just, man, whatever what 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 we're
0: all on. Hey, it. To be fair, I covered two championship games in my summer league run uh, with with the team. But summer that, league championships. G- oh yeah, G- Gina. When, remember, uh, when I'm
2: sorry, Espo. Sorry, Espo. Remember when the summer league championship team was like? We were actually sitting there thinking this core <laughs> could win an NBA championship or could be a playoff. Well, no, it depends yeah.
1: on which. It depends on which year you're talking about, Dave. If you're talking about the 2018 summer league team, then maybe.
0: I never thought that, Dave.
1: So, uh, <laughs> I did.
2: I just, convinced myself.
0: <laughs> so, so, Gina, you mentioned how crazy this ride has been since we since we last talked to you. What has has stood out to you most in in the Western Conference Finals and through the first two games in the NBA Finals? Uh, what what has just stuck out to you so far?
3: Yeah, a lot of things, I think, and this sounds like a cliche answer, but the fact that it is seemingly, it, it can be, it can come at you from so many different ways when you just look at the the caliber of this team, whether it's, you know, what, what Chris Paul did in game six of the Western Conference Finals was just, it was insane. Like I, I kept, I kept talking to people like in that break between the finals started And I was like, I don't think I fully processed that the Suns are in the finals, but when I was watching Chris Paul do what he did in game six, like that very much slid me. And I was like, I am witnessing one of the greatest individual playoff performances in recent history, just because of not just what he was doing on the floor, but what it meant to his career. And that was just to to be in the building for that was just like one of those moments that you're like, I feel genuinely lucky and grateful that I got to watch this. And then in the finals, it's just been again, whether it's DeAndre Ayton and the performance he put up again, Chris Paul in his second half book, what he did in game two, Mikhail Bridges and his great performance. It's like, it's, again, it's just, it's coming from somewhere different every single time. And if if you're the Bucs, like, I, I mean, but the Bucks yeah. are a great team, but like, what do you try to stop? Cause it just, it feels like then, okay, you, you honed in on, on DeAndre Ayton, okay. Well, Mikael Bridges goes out and does this, okay. You're trying to, you're gonna run this coverage, or you're gonna run this lineup out there. You're gonna go small. Well, then this is they're gonna counter with this. It's just it, it's it's funny because Chris has talked so much this season about this is a team and this is a consummate team, and now we're seeing it on a national stage. That yeah, if you just have a lot of really good players then it's, you can win a championship. And obviously they've got the two stars in in Booker and, and Chris and, and, you know, DeAndre, it's played amazingly in the playoffs, but it's all those complimentary pieces too, that have seemed to kind of step up in those big moments. And and that's really stood out to me.
2: You know, what's really shocked me is that uh, the stat that Booker and Chris Paul have the most points by a starting backcourt in the first two games of a finals ever, ever. Yep. Not just their first finals, any finals. Right. Right. And, and you've got to just sit there and just think, how is that even possible that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson didn't score more in any of their five mm-hmm. finals that they were in five consecutive finals that they were in, in the first two games of any of those finals than these two in these first two. and, you just, you start to realize just how special this team is because it should be easy to shut down a couple of guys or one of the guys in the first two games, which is, you know, the Warriors never, like I said, Steph and and Clay never scored that many, but you can't because then just DeAndre Eaton goes and does this or Mikkel Bridges goes and does this. And then they still get their points anyway, because these guys are so special. The Suns are being given, um, being, you know, starless or whatever they're you know there's uh, they're winning on depth and not star power. Well, that's pretty good star power.
3: Yeah, and and it's again it can happen in different ways. Like you look at book and you know in game one he sort of manufactured his points mm-hmm. with with ten free throws and then in game two he hits seven threes and has no free throws and so it just it shows you what a multi dimensional scorer that he is and then yeah chris in the pick and roll it's just okay if you're going to give me that that little elbow jumper i'll take it and okay if you're going to you know leave deandre open roll into the basket then i'll then i'll get it to him so it's just it's such a again, not to use a cliche term, but it's such a pick your poison type situation. But yeah, that stat is when I saw that after the game on on, on whatever night that was, I came to Thursday, yes, again, days and time and space don't make sense. <laughs> 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 it's I'm like, it's Saturday, right? It is Saturday. Yes. I that I was just like, wow, that's and, and you think yeah. of not just Steph and Clay, but you think of like any any backcourt duo ever, <laughs> like just literally ever, and they're, they're doing something historic. So, um, and it sort of not to plug my own stuff, but I've been working on a piece about Book and and Chris and kind of their partnership. And so um, that I need to get my you know what in gear and get it ready for Game Three. It's almost it's all it, it'll be ready for Game Three, but this is like the perfect time to drop it because it it's just it sort of captures this season long journey that these two guys have been on to, you know, become this lethal backcourt, not just on the court with what they're able to do, but with their leadership with the impact on their teammates. Um, it's just, it's been pretty remarkable. And yeah, now they're doing it on the biggest stage.
1: Gina, talk me off the ledge here because I feel like I might have a bit of pessimism about me right now. Okay. Um, I've been so like everything's going to be okay for the Suns. And right now I have this uneasy feeling about the fact that we're going back to Milwaukee and, and we have not seen the Buc- the Bucks' best punch. We have seen Giannis's best punch, but we have not seen the Bucks as a team uh, right. play like they are capable of. Um, how's that not going to happen in Milwaukee in, in your estimation? What are the Suns going to continue to do to prevent Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday from getting on track fully um and the Bucks getting back in this series?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, again, you just got to try to limit things, I think, if you're the Suns, which, yeah, I do I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to shoot as terribly as they have in game one and two. No, I would think that would eventually level out. But do I think Deandre Ayton's going to be totally invisible for the most, except for those last few minutes? Again, no, I don't think. Like you, you look at some stats from Game Two, and you're like, okay, one of these or a couple of these have to have to break. Whether it's the Suns, probably aren't going to shoot 20 for 40 from three again. Uh, Deandre Ayton's probably not going to have that type of quiet performance again um chris middleton and Drew holiday are you know not going to shoot that poorly but is Giannis honest going to drop 42 and 12 maybe he'll have right. 30 and 30 and 10 but is he going to have that level of performance and and so yeah it's going to be a matter of which of those kind of levels out or which sort of comes back to earth a little bit how many of those do and maybe what takes its place essentially. So yeah, I mean the, the performance we saw from Giannis in game two, again, that's where you're like, wow, this is, this is like, you know, elite level championship level stuff. And the fact that the Suns were able to withstand that, I think mm-hmm. says a lot about this team and just that they just figure it out. They just figure out a way, you know, you look back in the Clippers series and, you know that you can't score for five minutes okay well we'll also make sure the Clippers don't score for five minutes and they never get over the hump and take the lead in, in that game four um so yeah I mean I I expect the Bucks will play well at home you know they've obviously got the great crowd you've seen the the fans that gather outside the arena every night and I'm sure it'll be a great energy inside the building and I mean they're already going to be in kind of a desperation mode right because you go down 3-0 in the finals and and I think you feel pretty good if you're the suns about your chances. So I expect the the bucks to come Very out
2: desperate. Yeah. yeah. I
3: mean, they're, yeah. they're going to come out, they're going to come out really desperate tomorrow. And so um, the suns have seen that throughout the playoffs, especially I feel like in game five against the Clippers. So um, you would hope that they wouldn't be caught, you know, flat footed or caught with a, you know, a lack of energy coming out of the gate, especially with all that's on the line. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, Interested to see how this looks, but again, the whole whole saying is that the series doesn't start until the the road team wins a game, so if you even just come over here and split – you got to feel good about coming back
1: for which for is five. which is the dumbest uh, scenario ever like if the Suns win game three the series didn't start it's yeah. a just about over right. <laughs> I mean, like. right. yeah but,
3: yeah so I mean again obviously it would be wonderful to sweep the series if you're the Suns but um the Bucks are really good and so <laughs> every fans I would say pump the brakes a little bit if, yeah. if the Bucks happen to win tomorrow it's not the end of the world but it's it's like what you said Saul it's a matter of like looking at what unfolds during the game and, and what that could potentially mean. I, I would say my my biggest concern or the, I think the biggest thing to watch with the Suns moving forward is just now with, with Tori Craig's situation a little uncertain. What does that front court continue to look like behind Eaton with with Dario out, with Craig potentially out tomorrow or at least hobbled, you know, not a hundred percent, just like where do they try to go? to to fill those minutes when DeAndre's on the bench, so that could potentially be something worth monitoring as well. But you know the Bucks have injuries too, and guys that won't play in this series, so that's sort of where I, where I stand there.
0: Yeah, when when you look at what uh, Coach Budenholzer has done from the Bucks' perspective defensively in Game One and Game Two. Do you think he has any real adjustments left? I mean, he's tried multiple different things. things. Is (laughs) is this just simply the Suns offense is too potent? There's too many options where they can score uh, and that he's going to have to stick to one of the things he's doing and hope that the Suns uh, have missteps rather than uh, them really stopping, uh, stopping the Suns offense?
3: Yeah, and you have just seen them attack in so many different ways, whether it's Ayton, whether it's the three point shot, whether it's the mid-range, well, you know, it's it is kind of one of those weapons where so many defenses in the league these days, it's designed to stop the rim and to stop the three point shot. And so when you leave the mid-range, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are just going like this, right? They're like, Yes, okay, <laughs> you know, fine, give give us those pull-ups all day, every day. But I mean, yeah, it's like you do you try to leave those threes open and, and, and trust or, or believe that, okay, well, the Suns surely aren't going to make twenty threes again. Well, what if they do, or what if, you know, then if maybe those don't, don't fall, can they go to another Avenue? So yeah, it's when, when this offense is rolling the way that it is, I mean, that possession at the end of the first half, when the ball, I think it was nine or 10 passes, like that's this offense at its best. And that's when it's really clicking and when it's really rolling and you saw guys pass up good shots to get a great shot and and that's that's a situation where it, it is tough to stop and and sometimes you just don't make shots and so that that certainly could be a situation that happens mm-hmm. for the suns at some point in this series where just you don't get enough shots to fall but they're creating and they're generating a lot of really good looks and so it, i think that just that is what makes this offense so tough to stop and the bucks defense is no slouch i mean they've been the best defense in the playoffs up until mm-hmm. this point point. and right. so the fact that they're doing this Against a Bucks defense and a Bucks defense that didn't have Giannis for a couple of games, um, you know that's that's what I think has maybe been the most impressive thing uh, about what they've done so far in the finals.
2: I'm actually excited about what you said about how the how the Bucks can make some adjustments to win a game there because, man, if the, the Suns have to win the finals on their home court. They just have to. I'm sick of them winning away right. from Phoenix. Right. They got to clinch with 20,000 screaming delirious fans and have that trophy celebration right on their home court. Jay Crowder and the whole team break out in salsa dancing as they're getting that trophy, that whole thing has got to be on the home court. So please, 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 sons split split the series. And then come back and win in Game Five. Split the split the Bucks games and come back and win in Game
1: Five. No, I know you guys yeah, are no.
2: worried about karma. I get no. it, but my karma is them winning on the road. That's bad karma. They got to win I, at home.
0: I don't yeah. care if they win on Mars. They can just win. <laughs> and that's all that matters, right?
3: Win in some, you know, random gym in you know nowhere, Wisconsin. I don't know, but yeah, it, I mean, I do feel like this crowd that we've witnessed deserves to like celebrate a championship or celebrate any sort of series win and and we thought we were maybe going to get it in game five of that Clippers series and you
2: you could feel
3: that crowd was just like they were so ready they were so ready to explode and then they they got to the actually I feel like the loudest the crowd has been was during that game when the Suns were making their run and then you know Paul George did what he does and and that you know kind of dissipated fairly quickly but it's it's going to it's going to reach that fever pitch and man yeah game 5 would be absolutely bananas if, if there was a, if there was an opportunity to win the championship there but again like you said got to got to at least split these games but also i think they would be okay with winning winning both but i don't know and this is not trying me trying to be pessimistic or anything but it's like the bucks are really damn good and so <laughs> if they get a game in the, if don't they get play
2: a with your food yeah
3: Like it's not the end of the world. And I would not be surprised if it happened just because good teams win, good win games against other good teams. It it happens. So I feel like this, we've been spoiled with, you know, nine playoff wins in a row and, and the way they closed Mm -hmm. out the Lakers and then swept the nuggets and then took control of the Clippers series. It's like, there's going to be some bouts of adversity at at some point or some, some things where then the Suns are going to have to make adjustments. I feel like, and, and, but yeah, again, Certainly sweeping would be great, but again, don't 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 be shocked if if the bucks are able to to snag one on their home floor given everything that's you know in their favor right now. I just
1: I just you know? feel like oh, I just right. feel like offensively um, for the bucks, there's two things that they could do. They could play uh, Brooke Lopez more um I, I do feel like he's more of a threat on offense mm-hmm. than anybody else that they're pulling into the game to try and match up with the suns even though he's a defensive liability from the mid-range uh, i understand that but i don't know when he's playing 11 minutes in a game i think okay well you, you need to play brooke lopez a little bit more and the other thing is and somebody pointed out in the chat uh ralph amsden did uh drew holiday i don't know what coach bud is thinking but uh him picking up full court and attacking the basket as hard as he did in game two i just feel like it wore him out yeah. um, and he wasn't as efficient as he could be and so those he's, are the yeah. two adjustments if i was the bucks that i would make and say hey, hey Saul, i'm sorry
2: are you talking about what do you are you saying play brook more he's been playing 30 minutes a game
1: i thought he played like just under 20 the other night
2: uh 28 but what you what I think probably what you mean is he needs to be a bigger presence offensively, right? He was so yes. good in five and six of the last series against Atlanta when Giannis was out. It was almost unstoppable. And he used to be a twenty point scorer. He used to be a multi time all star right. offensive player. And he convert he morphed himself into a defensive and three point uh specialist kind of guy over the years. But yeah, no, you're right. The the worry here would be that Brooke Lopez figures out how to or the Mike Budenholzer figures out how to get Brooke Lopez offensively involved. Yeah, playing
1: playing random basketball isn't going to get it done there, Coach.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. If he yeah, got that
1: slip or not, but that was. I'll take ridiculous. that. I just
2: had to ask about the minutes thing because he has yeah. been playing minutes. He just doesn't do anything when he's out there.
1: Yeah.
0: You guys have a question for Gina or are you guys, no, I that, was, that was
1: my observation. Sorry. Okay.
2: Well,
0: Gina, I have a, I have a question for Wait. you, Gina, since uh, I don't want you to just have to sit have here to and please
1: listen please. to these two no, guys.
3: <laughs>
1: He's uh, one of us now. That's spelled geez. Uh,
0: so you, you grew up in this town. Uh, you know, I've, I've told the story about, uh, you know, Al McCoy being a big influence on me getting in this business. I, I know Al uh, holds a special place for you as well. What do you think uh, it, it would mean f- to see him get that title for, for you, but, uh, and also for Al as
3: well? Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about somebody who's been, uh, there, is, is anyone, you know, you can think, you can think of a few radio voices or broadcasters or people in his position who are, you know, as connected to their team or, or some What's the word I'm looking for? You know, synonymous. That's the word synonymous with their organization. You know, he's he's in the category of of a, a Vince Scully or a Chick Hearn or, or people like that. And so, even uh, you know, when you watch those, if if fans watching, if the, if you've been to a game, you know, the intro video it's always starts with him like talking about the last game or the last series or whatever. And you just hear his velvety buttery voice. And it's just like, this is like all is right in the world. And Al McCoy is talking about the Suns in the finals or, or winning game one or, or, you know, beating this team or, or whatnot. And so, yeah, with, with everything that he has seen, especially, you know, kind of, going through the last decade and, and, you know, not the best basketball and, and sort of sticking around and, and wanting to, to still do this and still be fulfilled by the work um, to, he, it would be the ultimate reward for, for him and for a lot of, you know, long employees who have, who have stuck through a lot of good and a lot of not so good in, in the past decade. So yeah, no, I, I've shared the story a few times that, you know, growing up here, uh, one of my first, when I was on my high school newspaper staff, I don't even remember what the project was, but somehow like a friend of a friend knew Al and me and one of my classmates, we went and and interviewed him. And like, why the heck was he allowing like a 16 year old (laughs) kid with like probably like a notebook and like so nervously asking him questions, but he could not have been nicer to us. Um, I remember the story ran, it was one of those I things. totally
2: imagine I, you 16 year old Gina with your little notebook.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's probably exactly <laughs> what you would think. Uh, but so ever since then, and, and then I remember my first time coming back to Phoenix when I covered the nuggets, um, I walked into the media room and, uh, he was in there with him and Scott Bordeaux were, were just chatting and I like i guess like worked up the courage which now seems so silly Mm -hmm. because now al and i know each other pretty well it's like i worked up the courage to like go say hi and before i could even like mention anything to him um he was talking about how he like would you know you would read the clips every day from you know the the team that was the opponent that was coming in and so he had like said that he had read whatever story i'd written in the denver post that day or the day before and like that was just like what it was the like that's just those are like those moments where you're like what is my life right now so and now al and i anytime we see each other it's like it's like we're old pals which is just really crazy so to um to kind of to have that relationship like again that's why that's part of why this is so special for me too is just because this is i mean like like all of us like this is like phoenix is is my my place, my family's there watching, mm-hmm. watching my family and friends and people like the other day, I'm getting off topic, I'm getting on a tangent. But before game one, I was walking to our media seats, and I was coming through the tunnel. And coming up the stairs was like a brother and sister that like, I went to high school with that I seriously have not seen in like, probably 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. And we just had that moment like, Oh, my gosh, and that's not going to happen to me anywhere else that I've lived in my career. Because, I didn't live there for long enough. I don't, didn't have childhood friends there. I, you know, I had friends that I made, um, you know, while I was living there, but you just, you don't have that same connection. So all of that to say, uh, yeah, this is pretty cool for me personally, um, but most importantly for somebody like an Al McCoy who is just iconic and has waited 28 years to call a finals series again and has never called a championship. Um, right. you know, I know it's been under the kind of different circumstances with the restrictions with COVID and all that stuff. It's sort of created this, it's not the the most ideal atmosphere to be covering a team, but um it would be pretty awesome. It'd be very, very cool. I
1: mean, that's that's the one thing about all this that that I think has been so inspirational is that the valley has kind of rekindled its love. Um, For sports in general, you know what I mean? Like, we all have a passion for for the the, the local It it has always been a sports town, for sure. But, you know, when when teams are not good, it's more of the opposing team's sports town and a mix of everything as opposed to just one team. And with this Suns team, this run, it is all Suns. It is all Suns. Everywhere you go is all Suns. I think I saw maybe five total jerseys. Uh, From the opposing team the other night when we went to the game, Um, it's just it's all Suns and everybody's bringing back those memories from '93 and you know the seven seconds or less and the Suns are the original franchise. This is what this this city was really built on, and that that's what's so you know warming to the heart is to see everybody kind of come together and rehash like all the great moments of Suns history and we're sharing one as we speak.
2: Right. What's wild for me is just how fast this is happening. You know, like uh, the '80s team, like the the Tom Chambers team, they kind of built toward it. Yeah, they they did pretty well for a year. Then they did really well, and then they rode it all the way through Charles Barkley, and people had time to build up. This is happening so fast. So, Gina, I've got a question for you. Um, You've been around, obviously. You're uh, like you said, you grew up here. Um and I know none of us can really speak to the 70s teams or anything like that. We're not quite that old. Um, but do we where, do you think where do you think this team ranks talent wise compared to the 93 team compared to the Steve Nash teams compared to even maybe if you think um, the Tom Chambers KJ teams were better than 93, which is hard to debate, but just in case you know, where do you think this yeah. team ranks?
3: Yeah. And, and it's just, it it depends on how you evaluate it. Yeah. If you just go by talent um, it's, it's so hard too because so, you know, obviously Chris is at the, the end of his career or the latter stages of his career. But everybody else, when you look at the core guys on this team, it's like they're just at the start of their career. So what is – it's like, okay, well, there's not an MVP on this team. Well, maybe Devin Booker will be an MVP someday. Or, oh, there's not a – you know, uh, they're, they're, they've got the two all-stars, but, you know, maybe DeAndre Ayton or Mikhail Bridges will become an all-star. And then you'll look back and say, wow, that team was was stacked. And so I don't know. Like you said, I, I just – I think this team is going to have such a – a special place just because of the, 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 the fast quality. Like you said, I mean, I have said this multiple times over the past week is that we're still not even a year away from the start of the bubble. Like we're not right. even, this is, so you're thinking, cause I, I think we, we calculated in our head that basically the day of game one was either the day that the team left for Orlando or like shortly after, or like the, the team was in Orlando practicing and quarantining right now, this time a year ago, they hadn't yes. even played a game. Um, so the fact that this has happened in basically 11 months or in, in less than a year is just, it's absurd. Um, and, and yeah, you look at, you know that like you said i we can't really speak to the 70s team but um like my parents remember those teams really well and they were like you know kids growing up in phoenix at the time and that team was so special because it helped legitimize phoenix as a big city which again sounds crazy now mm-hmm. or the fifth largest market in the country but uh back then in the 70s it was kind of this, like sleepy little city but you know that that helped show that, that phoenix was a, a legitimate city you you look at, yeah, the eighties and nineties and kind of building to bringing Chuck in. And then here they, they take off, but you know, this, this team, it's like, we're, we're going to remember it for the bubble. We're going to remember it for that momentum, creating the Chris trade. We're going to remember it because of COVID we're going to remember it because of, you know, sort of the world's coming back, just as the playoffs were starting and fans being able to come back in the building, we're going to remember it as, Chris getting to the finals for the first time, compared with this young core that who knows what they're going to be in in five, ten years when when they go through their entire career. It's just it is such a unique um, group of people that I yeah it's 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 hard to compare directly to different eras and, and different circumstances, but this is like the most unique situation that I think could have unfolded for this team, the crazy situation that could have unfolded for this team. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to remember is like everything that happened with this team that has now led us to this point. And, and we'll see. And it's going to
2: take full- us a little while to actually digest all of this. You know, it's like, we're right. going to need the summer to read to, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So okay. in the
3: chat said, I, I, this team would crush the seven seconds or less team because they play defense. That's a great point that this is the, this is the first time that the Suns have ranked in the top 10 in defense in like 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that is a difference with this team is that they do play both ends of the court and maybe, maybe the offense doesn't, I mean, I was going to say, maybe they don't have a Steve Nash type, but hello, they do have a hall of fame point guard one of the best of all time. It's like, oh. I, yeah, it's just, it, it is a, uh, it's, it's, Pretty, when, when you do think about what we're actually watching it's like yeah this is like historic stuff that is happening so you, you
1: know. mean those yeah. Dragon Bender teams weren't in uh, <laughs> high in <the> defensive <laughs> ratings uh-huh. so. you you
0: shut your mouth when you talk about drug bender on this program uh,
1: Gina I,
0: we look forward to uh reading the book that y- you inevitably are going to write about this run <laughs> uh, i think it's i said that the last time.
3: mouth too up there yes uh, make
0: it, let's make it happen because that's the only way we're going to remember these last 11 months because it's been that hectic and that crazy, we need to remember every little bit uh, of what we've experienced. We have taken far too much of your time. And I know you probably need to go see the bronze fawn statue and get a brat before, busy, <laughs> before <laughs> practice and experience all that is Milwaukee. Uh, so we will, we will allow you to do that but before you get out of here. Can you please let everybody know? Where they can find you on Twitter, and then uh, and just plug anything you want because you you've earned more than that here today.
3: Sure, sure. Well, you can find my I'm on Twitter at Gina Mizell G I N A M I Z E L L. Uh, like I said, wh- I I am working on a, a book, Chris' story that will either be up probably later today or tomorrow. Um, leads perfectly after you know their their start to this series, and and yeah, on the, on the book thing. Um, I, I won't say that anything is imminent or for sure, but I would be lying if I said it's not something that I have, you know, thought about myself and have sh- have shared with like a quote for people. I w- I would love to do it. Let's put do it that it. way. I don't do even it. Do it. I don't even know how that works. Like I need to talk to some friends who have written books and like I don't know how that works, but I would I would love to do it. Well, so I'm putting it out to the universe right now that. I would love to do it. I think that would be a really cool way to to kind of commemorate commemorate and capture what this whole year has been like. So Al, Al, writes,
0: Al writes the
1: foreword. I think you that's go. the oh, yep.
3: oh my gosh. Yes. You're putting great ideas in my head. So yes. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah.
1: what <laughs> that's what Espo does. That's what Espo does
0: i've got a million great ideas and no talent to execute on it so i share it with others there you go is the way to do it gina thank you so much enjoy your time in milwaukee and do us a favor and bring mr larry back with you when you come home
3: that would be what a time what a time (laughs) we're living in that we can even talk about that and it's not absolute crazy town so i love it love it love it thanks guys appreciate you guys having me thank
0: you we we appreciate gina as always Definitely check her out on Sons.com. Follow her on Twitter, one of my favorite follows. And, and gentlemen, I think not a better guest to have on because she brings that same perspective of having been in this town and understanding what this means uh, to to the Valley and and to all of us. So always a pleasure to talk to her. Let's shift gears and talk about Game 1 and Game 2. I know we've done some post-game shows, but I want to hear what were your impressions – from the first few games of the NBA Finals, Dave, let's start with you. What are your biggest takeaways?
2: My, my biggest takeaway is, and I know some people are going to take this in a negative way, and I don't want it to be taken that way, but this team wins like the Spurs beat the Suns in those seven seconds or less years. Um, this team wins in so many different ways. They play defense. They uh, Somebody put out a stat that the Bucs should have won the game the other night because they took Better quality shots. I don't know, but they missed more and the Suns made more. It's like the Suns figure out how to win. In game one, they won without making their threes and it was the Bucs who made all the threes and the Suns won by 13. In game two, the Suns made all the threes. The Bucs did not make all the threes and the Bucs dominated in the paint and the Suns still won by 10. So my big takeaways are if I'm the Bucs, I'm like, what the hell is going to work? And the only thing that's going to work. Is the, work is the Suns really not being 100% there and the Bucks being 100% there, like the Clippers in game five. That's the kind of game the Suns will lose in this round. I don't see the Suns losing in it when they're really playing hard and focused. That's my big takeaway.
1: That's all. Oh, man. There's so many. Uh, but the, the two I kind of lean, lean on are how, how good the Suns are point blank i think we need to lead with that the suns the suns are the reason why the the bucks are down 20 it's not because the bucks are playing poorly it's because the suns are making them play poorly i will say that um i just i just think overall execution wise it's it's dude it's not it's apples to oranges the way the suns are executing on their end of the floor the way they're you know every it's it, i don't know about you guys but i'm almost 99.99% confident that after every timeout, after a Bucks run, Monty's going to draw something up where they're going to get a great opportunity for a bucket, and it comes at a clutch time. And it's and it and it, and, and it's always happened. I, I can't even think of a of a timeout where they didn't execute coming out. Um, and they just they just have that knack for always, always, always. Just like the Spurs that you mentioned there, Dave. Whenever the Bucks will go on a run. And it looked like they were right there, you know, down by six or down by five, and you know they got an opportunity for a big bucket to really cut that lead down closer. The Suns come up with a big three or a big shot or some big play that turns the momentum right back in their favor, and that's what good teams do. So that's my that's my that's one of the two biggest takeaways. The other thing is, is the Bucks have not shot well. They have not, um, especially the two other stars that you that they need to rely on to help Giannis. Um, when Giannis is playing on essentially, you know, seventy five percent of his of his left leg or whatever, um, you gotta you gotta expect more from your team, and that's what I think is more disappointing about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton mm-hmm. is that they knew that Giannis isn't one hundred percent all the way, right? Giannis hasn't done that Euro step this entire series. He's gone once he makes a decision to go one way, he stays yeah. that way. He doesn't try yeah. to bounce back because he doesn't have that power in his leg, and these guys have not shown up. To help him out in the NBA Finals on the road, where you know you need to step up, so I expect that to change. And you know, I'm not I'm not going to pee on anybody's parade. And I said this the other night, but this Suns and Four stuff, I just was like, it, it was it was almost cringe for me because I was like, dude, you know, like you're, they, you're you're discounting the fact that the Bucks are a really really good team, and and I know the Suns are hot, and I know people are excited, but I could easily see a scenario where the Bucs play like they, they played in the last round. You know, Chris Middleton can shoot the lights out when he's on. And I know the Suns defense is is really good, but he's missed a lot of open shots as well. And yeah. he just hasn't got the rhythm going for whatever reason. I expect that to change to a degree in Milwaukee. How much it will change, I don't know. I feel good about the Suns' opportunities in this in the series. I think they're going to win it. I, I mm-hmm. I'm I'm fairly confident that they're going to win it. But at the same time, I'm not trying to put my my cart before the horse, man. You know, we we've been down this road too many times as Suns fans, and I just want to be like, hey, enjoy every game. But the Suns enforce stuff, well, man. Come dude, on, dude.
2: If you're if you're worried about putting your cart before the horse, then uh, you're if you do it, my cart's already there. Uh, the Suns are going to win this thing. They're going to oh, win. This thing. Going on record, how they win it? If it takes seven games, it takes seven games. But they have too much clutch in them, unless there's a big injury. Oh, cart's there.
0: Still, still, I just too many wounds. I got
2: so many scars that remind me of the stories of the past. I've been a fan longer than either of you guys. I've got scars too, but the cart is there. It's already, I get it.
1: you I, and and I'm, I'm you've very... only been a fan longer because you've been alive longer. That's the
2: only reason. <laughs> That's Dave.
1: literally, Dave. literally <laughs> the point. All.
2: D- D- I've, I've been a fan my whole life, Circus just like has you been around longer than bo- all of us. So, look,
0: I am, I, I understand, and Dave, I'm there mentally. I just have this hang up of, of saying it like that out loud. I'm not saying sons in
2: four. I'm not saying sons uh, in five. I'm not, not saying sons in six. I'm saying sons in some fashion before the series is over.
0: Sons okay. in whatever it takes. You know, that's whatever That's been what takes. I've been saying. Sons and in I,
1: nine. Guaranteed. And nine,
0: Bobby Marks, baby. Sons in nine. Bobby Marks. Look, I I'm there with you, Dave. I have the confidence in this group, and the reality is they have to go two and three the rest of the way they have to play sub 500 basketball to win a championship but to Saul's point this is a bucks team who lost at one point in the second round by 49 points to the nets and still bounced back yep. they've been pronounced dead so many okay. times in the in this uh in this playoffs right Uh, They have, uh, and they've been grazed. They have not, nobody has had the kill shot on the, on these Bucks, right?
2: I'm going to turn the page a little bit. Man, I'm going to turn the story a little bit. The Bucks beat the Nets in seven games when all they had was Kevin Durant and a bunch of role players. And that, frankly, um, uh, Joe Harris played like a guy named Joe Harris. And that was really sad. You
1: know, it's this just is sad. true. This is true. The, yeah.
2: the Nets did not show up. Kevin Durant tried to carry those guys and they still only beat the Nets because Kevin Durant wears a shoe one size too big for his foot. Yeah. Okay. That's the That's only true. reason they beat the Nets. So the Bucks beat an injured team. If the Suns are going to get crap for beating injured teams, the Bucks should get crap for beating 100%. injured teams. And the Bucs did not do it anywhere near as convincingly as the Suns did. The Suns swept, uh, not swept. Sorry, the Suns beat these other teams handily. Nobody could say that these teams were robbed in the series. They're they're trying to complete, claim injury. The Bucks barely beat these teams. They, they beat the Hawks. They had a shadow Trey Young. They beat the uh, the Nets with a shadow James Harden and only a Kevin Durant. So. Look, yes, um, the Bucks did come back from getting pasted in the first two games of that, of that series, and absolutely the Bucks have resilience. They're strong. They're good. They're good enough to win a couple of games. They're not good enough to win four of the next five.
0: I, I think that it, uh, that's correct. I, I think when you look at this, the defense of the Suns saw you made this point. I don't think they're getting enough credit for why Drew Holiday and, and Middleton, Chris Middleton, haven't shot well in these first two games everybody's like well they're just cold i'm like yeah maybe they're playing a great defense too Did anybody think about that portion
1: absolutely Absolutely. you know the sun's frenetic pace especially mikhail bridges on 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 these guys especially chris middleton in game two um it bothers you it bothers you to the point where it throws your rhythm off and so yeah chris middleton was missing some open shots the other night but that's also because he was he was out of rhythm because he was having to speed up his pace of play because he's worried about Mikhail coming off that screen and catching up to him to deflect his shot or, you know, bother him in some way. Like, that definitely has a part to play in this. But at the same time, like, you do have to acknowledge that these are professional scorers, especially at Chris Middleton, who's an all-star. Like, he hasn't played up to his level of play. Even in game one, when he had 29 points, I didn't even feel like Chris Middleton was a factor in that game. I just 20. felt like he was just another dude.
0: He wasn't efficient either. I mean, yeah. so, and, and, and he when he the Bucks well. have won, he's efficient. I think it's, he shot 48% from the, from the field and 42% from three when they win.
2: He's you know efficient. Why, yeah. You know why Chris Middleton didn't look like he was really there, even though he shot well in the first game is because the whole team, even though they shot almost 50% on threes, they were only doing it when they were down double digits and that's why mm-hmm. it doesn't look impactful. He wasn't doing it to get his team up. That happens. We're used to it. We yeah. saw Devin Booker do it for years. <laughs> yeah. true.
1: Very yeah. true. Very true. Very true. We know what that
2: think, looks like.
0: <laughs> I actually think he is is similar to Booker. Uh, he's just a, a step down. It's like he Booker's the Coke. He's the RC Cola version uh, yeah. of it, but he has that potential Booker, to have Coke a crazy classic, game. New
2: Coke. A, yeah. New Coke.
1: <laughs> also, he's, I just want to throw this out there. I'm fully on board with Giannis having fucking 75 points in a game as long as the rest of the team is performing the way they are. And so far, so good. Giannis has played very, very well. He might be the best player in this series so far, especially in game two for sure. And they still lose by double digits. Like, hey, go ahead and eat, big guy. I don't care. Everybody else, you're starving. That's how it's
0: going to go. So we'll be donating to Swears for Kids in Greek currency today in honor of Giannis. What is that uh, currency, Espo? I don't. Is it the euro? I don't know. I don't. I, think I, I, don't, I don't know what Greece is. I it's don't know. I don't know. I, I know. I back,
1: really got to find out. Look,
0: look back in back no, that's in the day, Italian,
2: my, dude. That's not Greek. My, <laughs> my, really my uh, cla- he's, he's making fun of
0: me. I assume. <laughs> it, 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 that's if I were Mario. That's what I'd sound like. Look, I. <laughs> I know. I know. Back in the day, uh, in the classics era, it was they paid with olive oil. So you can pay in olive oil if you'd like, in in Greek. But look, I, I look at this and I really hope. And Coach Fallen Founder says I was right. It is the euro, as does it Jim Rose. Nice. So, and uh, Dave King trying to make bad jokes in the oh chat. I won't God. say that. It's not the euro, Dave. It's not the euro.
2: Euro. All right. Uh, <laughs> But when you, it. All their money is folded. Fold
0: when you look at this, the culturally sensitive uh, sun solar panel, uh, send all your emails to <laughs> Dave King at brightside of the uh, If you have complaints uh, and I don't actually think that email works. So Cultural insensitivity
2: for kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> when, when you look at this, I hope in game three, coach Budenholzer overreacts to how well the sun shot the three, right? and and either opens up DA and overreacts to the way DeAndre Ayton didn't show up in in game 2 because then they'll try to take away the mid range they'll try to take away the 3 and that gives DeAndre Ayton the path to have a ginormous game which is the the one thing we haven't seen yet is the massive offensive game from DeAndre Ayton and and I I feel like that's where we may be heading some
1: I, I a thousand percent agree with you, Espo. I feel like I I'm just gonna say this. I think the Sun sweep. I will say this. I think the Sun sweep if DA comes out in game three and goes absolute ape, you know what. Um, I just feel like that that'll be the nail in the coffin for the Bucs because they truly will not have any other answers after that. Um, that is the one thing that I feel like we've been missing a little bit is D- D.A.'s strong performance. And let's be honest, like even offensively speaking, um, I think we've gotten glimpses of him being able to put just a, a, a total game together. Um, but I think I think it was the Clippers game where he he finally hit a shot outside of the key. Um, and it was just so smooth and it was a, a nice buttery velvet shot, as Gina would say. Um, and, and it was it was it was net. And you just felt like, man, D.A. has arrived. You know what I mean? I'm I'm waiting for that game again. I want that game again from D.A. I think it's there. I want to see it, and I think it could happen. Um, and if it happens in Game 3, see in Milwaukee. You can go eat all the cheese you want.
0: But look, I, I think that Monty Williams set him up to have that game in Game 2. We all saw that D.A. got in his head. He got a few shots blocked. Things weren't going his way. And he got down on himself. And we haven't seen that in a while. And Monty Williams came through in such a big way to lift him up. And luckily, ABC and ESPN were there to actually catch the audio.
1: This this is the deal. One, we're getting back in transition. You don't have Giannis find a man and be a guard. Two, look at me. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down. That's great. Now go reach that level, okay? And you can reach it with force. It doesn't have to be stats all the time. Go dominate the game with force, okay? Because you set a high level for yourself. Go dominate the game with force. Let's go.
0: Go dominate the game with force. Go. That Devin has B legendary tattooed on him. DeAndre needs go dominate the game with force he needs to
2: remember that Monty Williams yeah, in that in moment after domination. So domination, that's what he's, he's got. Yeah. I mean, you're right.
0: And, and this is that right there is why Monty Williams is my coach of the year. That's why yeah. Monty Williams is a motivator of men. That's what the Milwaukee bucks don't seem to have on the other side. And that's no disrespect to Mike Budenholzer. It's just, That's not the kind of coach he is. That's the kind of coach Monty Mm -hmm. is, and it's the kind of coach this team needs, and in particular, DeAndre Ayton needs. And when I heard that, because we were all at the game, so none of us, I I don't believe, saw that live on the broadcast. But when I got home and I saw that, that that was where I went, okay, game three, in all likelihood, is going to be DeAndre Ayton's game because Mm -hmm. how could you not be motivated to come out and dominate uh, after, after hearing that from your coach and knowing that the world just saw it as well.
1: Well, I think there's a couple things to this, right? You got Monty and then also, you know, you saw the clip after the game of uh DA hugging his baby, you know, playing with his baby after the game. And I just think those two things, right. Um, you know, it, it makes you grow as a man, right. It makes you grow as a man and it makes you, uh, kind of, Compartmentalize what's really important versus what's not really important. And he was playing, he wasn't playing up to his own standard, as Monty said. I just love the way that Monty approached that. He could have been like, hey, suck it up, you know, or whatever. You know, I, we had Quentin Richardson on uh yesterday on, on a Valley sports show. And Quentin made a great point. He was like, Listen, there's a many, there's a lot of different ways to go about this. And you can chew a guy out, or you can say, Hey, suck it up, but Monty has this uncanny way of being able to identify with you as, as a person, as a person and say, Hey man, I care about you. And this is the standard. And this is the standard that you've set. Not that I've set, not that Chris has set, not that Devin set. It's that you've set and you're disappointed and that's okay. It's 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 okay to acknowledge that you feel bad about this, but at the same time, I need you to get past it to a degree to where you can elevate your level of play because the game's not over and there's still plenty of time left for you to be able to bounce back. And that's exactly what D.A. did right after that. In that fourth quarter, he was great. He was great in that fourth quarter, played very well defensively, had a huge block. And I just, you know, when I see Monty do that, it just it's like, man, it, it, it stirs like an emotion inside of you like, man, I love this guy. I love this guy. And he's the perfect coach at the perfect time for this team. I've said that a million times it's just it was beautiful to watch that
0: and and he straddled that line of both calling him out and motivating him which is that it's such a thin razor blade to kind of tap dance on if you're a coach because he was he basically said you are not living up to the potential you set for yourself but that doesn't mean you can't still and and i just i love that i'm a sucker for a good motivational speech mm-hmm. or quote And Monty Williams continually comes up with those where I'm like, if Monty Williams wanted to record like 30 of those and I woke up to one of them every day, every month, I would be, I'd pay a good
2: dollar for this. Yeah, exactly. No, what's great about Monty is that, is that they're impromptu They're you know, that, that motivational speech he did at the end of the bubble saying we've got to, you know, know, be in control of our own destiny going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, This one here to uh, D.A., those are those are impromptu. He hasn't practiced those. He didn't script them. You know, he just did them, and that's what makes him so great. I, I'm not a big fan of those canned motivational speeches. The speakers who practice those presentations all over the world. Um, I like guys like Monty who just yeah they make a huge difference. Give you goosebumps just off the top of their head. They just didn't even plan for it. That was awesome. Well, gentlemen, Dave.
1: Dave wait, hold on, Dave. Do you have something for us?
2: I do. Please. Dave,
0: Stop me. Mm. Not a oh, Saturday baby. morning without that. <laughs> yes, baby.
1: who just grunted every that Saturday? Was morning,
2: that was me. That was Espo. I don't want to know why you grunted. But okay, so Devin Booker right now has four hundred and ninety points in his first playoff series ever. He's only thirty-one points in his first playoffs.
1: Away. First playoffs ever.
2: Yeah. Because if he had
1: four hundred ninety points in his first playoff series ever, I'd be like, "Holy crap!" Eighty-nine <laughs> points. i tell a you game. why
2: it's holy crap. Even when his first playoffs period is that he is the only guy. He's thirty-two points away from scoring more points than any player in NBA history in what? their first playoff run. Yeah, it's oh, okay. insane. That's crazy in their, in their first, first playoff play- run. More points than any player in NBA history. I think He's and only think 32 about that. points away. He could break that in Sunday's
1: game. Who, who's the one that owns the record? Is that yes. Lou Alcindor? Cinder?
2: Nope. It's underhand, Rick Barry, isn't it? Uh, underhand free throws, right? Oh, Rick yeah, Barry. Barry. Wow.
1: Rick Barry. That's yeah. Barry. I mean, Julius
2: well. Irving has five hundred and eighteen. Uh Rick Barry has five hundred and twenty-one. Devin Booker now has four hundred and ninety. So I mean all he needs that's is thirty-two an points. List. That is insane. But we've always said he's insane. built for this. He's
0: We've built always said he's for built this. for
2: this. I don't know. Not everybody believed he was built for this, but I did. And I argued for it even months ago on one of these shows. But anyway. That's why we, set the us,
0: you and I, we have always said this. In the four and a half years we've done this program, we have always said that Devin Booker is built for this. Yes. Saul's only been here for the good times. We remember the dark days.
1: No, That's but really I, again, I, I you know, I'm gonna go, I'm always gonna go back to this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the pressure is gonna be too much for somebody or not. That's why I said I always wanted to see what it was like in, in the playoffs. And Come after on. game one against the Lakers, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, you just abstained. No. With what you did, you didn't, yeah. you didn't decline.
2: You just abstained. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not well, the same reason I'm you're not, not the, putting the I'm card not, in
1: front. My card's exactly. already there. I'm not the sons and four guy. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> well, because, he was right, by the way. That's why he's a legend. Look, oh, God, look, legend. Here he, we go. he assaulted somebody.
0: Let's <laughs> yeah. not, again, yeah. he assault, he's a legend because he punched somebody and then drunkenly said when they already had a three game lead that they were going to win in four. It's not like he predicted it before on, the series. You guys
2: know full well, he's going to be on the cover of Gina's book.
1: No, no, oh, no. No, there's no. not a chance in the world Dave, that's gonna happen. <laughs> Dave, he'll be on
0: the cover of your book. But I Dave, I feel bad. Actually, I feel <sighs> he just bad, be, <laughs> I feel bad because I've I, I've given Gina book ideas, but I have one for you too. I want your book to come from a different perspective. I want your book to tell the story through the eyes of the fans, through different fans shut up. who've experienced shut up. this. Shut up. I'll shut up. Don't talk. Oh, okay, shut I'm up. done.
1: Jesus, that's why you trying a- to give away all the good ideas. Also, Dave Wigton in the Dave Wixon in the chat, my first poster was an Eddie Johnson poster at my very first son's game, so go away with that stuff. It's all, all, all love the short yeah, shorts. Short. It's,
0: it's all loved Eddie all, all, all greased up in the short no, no, shorts. It's all been Jesus. around
2: forever. He's just been on solar panel for the good time. Yeah. We're nice the ones who are here Saturday mornings in August – Doing fucking solar panel shows. And just last year, we put Ryan McDonough on trial for three weeks. Which was And I dressed up in a purple outfit to do the prosecution. It was awesome.
0: You, You showed up dressed like the Joker. I was wearing a suit jacket, a tie, and son's basketball shorts and sweating my ass off. And we gave the people what they wanted. Entertainment. That's what we gave them. Speaking of giving the people what they want. Let's head to our favorite new segment of the show. It's Major Props, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings, I gotta read here for you somewhere. Here we go, DraftKings Major Props. That's why I was waiting for. The logo to be up.
1: Sorry, there, right? yeah. I was That's so the slow key on that of talk. sponsorship because people are because <laughs> people are calling me bandwagon. They say I'm a typical U of A fan because I just showed up during the good times. I'm like, dude, I showed up and the good times happened. That's what hey, happened.
0: Hey, he Saul Saul followed. U of a football too, and there hasn't been good times there ever.
1: So 70 to 7. Yeah, please. <laughs> so Stop
0: so McGregor versus three is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings line. Up on the line, DraftKings, the official fantasy draft partner of UFC, is giving you a huge cash prize opportunity. Huge For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Yeah, that's right. It's easy to play because you don't have to get punched in the face like the fighters. You can just sit back and watch the fight. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. It's McGregor versus Roy Poirier, the rubber match. Get it on get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code TBPN or promo code DryHEAT uh for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code dry heat to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details gentlemen the segment is easy but you probably forgot what it is it is major props brought to you by draftkings i'm going to throw out some prop bets coming into game 3 i want to know if you would put a mortgage payment on this going into the game and which way you would bet Ooh. will deandre ayton have 12 point have more than 12.5 rebounds
1: yes Jesus. i would put In a mortgage payment game. on that and yep. the next
0: game game 3
1: yep i would
2: yeah why not <laughs> what's life without a little bit of mystery here
0: he, he's gonna go I mean, dominate the force yes give me give me 13 or more rebounds on that Devin Booker two and a half three-pointers made would you bet that he will have more than that a mortgage payment Saul yes or no
1: yes oh wait you say that again sorry 2.5
0: that... three-pointers will he have more than that
1: ooh wait who um I don't think I would bet on that.
2: Yeah, I'm okay. not taking it either. No, because he just did seven last game. So no. I'm yeah,
1: not. yeah he, he typically goes back to the mid-range again. I'm feeling
0: yeah. saucy. I'm gonna say he has three, and I'll take Ooh. your money. So, <laughs> and then will Chris <laughs> Paul have a combined have more than a combined 35.5 points, rebounds, and assists in game three for me oh, that, this is a no-brainer so yes. yeah
1: yeah because that's yeah, like no 10, brainer. 10 and 10 you know yeah, it's a, a no-brainer yeah for sure that, that's the easiest one i, 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 I actually i'm waiting for chris paul to have a triple double again uh he he has his assists haven't, haven't been as high as they normally are
0: i that's true. i i just i he's going to mess around and get a triple double at some point in this series. Right. I mean, I I feel like it. And, and that just seems like a low number. So yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet a mortgage payment, Dave, are you willing to sacrifice uh, not being able to afford the mortgage in August for that one?
2: Well, I tell you what, for the uh, losing on the DA rebounds, I'll get it back on this Chris ball prop bet. So (laughs) yeah, absolutely.
0: Look at that, Dave, uh, Dave, willing to, put him and the fiance out in the cold if
2: uh, if necessary to make a little Man, money on the, I could uh, lose 3 months worth of mortgage payments in these <laughs> they, they better play well.
0: Uh, hey, hey, whatever it takes to 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 get a just game. Just my luck camp Johnson'll
2: right? have a 30 point game and everyone else will just watch.
0: <laughs> They'll win and none of these things will happen. <laughs> that would be about right. That's how this team worked. So let's uh you know, Dave, you sent over an interesting article. I believe it was the New York Times, is that correct? Uh, that about uh, DeAndre Ayton? Uh, yeah, I, I just—it's yeah. a general in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it
2: wasn't Mark Stein; it was this soap Deb guy. Yes, yeah. it
0: was a, a a different Mark Stein. All the respect in the world, of Mark Stein, and and yeah. the best writers in the world understand what's going on here. But we've seen a lot of storylines where they project DeAndre Ayton as some traditional center, as if this is we're back to. A guy with his back Ooh. to the basket, slamming the ball into the ground uh, and and scoring that way. And, and as if he's some plodding, slow, unathletic guy, I do not understand this, this perspective. Because if you watch any game other than game two of, of the finals, this playoff run, you see a guy who is the epitome of what the future of the center position should be. Athletic, can shoot, has touch. Can play well under the rim, rebounds like it's, it's, and plays fantastic defense uh, and can run the floor. I don't, I don't understand where this idea that DeAndre Ayton is a conventional center has come from.
2: Old school. The guy said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to put the link in the, in the chat here. Um, Old school, they called him slow. They called DeAndre Ayton. You know what else is even more egregious? They said Robin Lopez is a modern center. Brookie, man. I'm sorry, Brooke. Brooke Lopez. They're calling Brooke Lopez a modern center in DA old school. <laughs> just because These people have not played basketball. I mean, but, it, yes, because he takes three-pointers.
1: That's 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 so lazy. That's just so lazy. That's so lazy. Like that's a that's basically an analytical position. That's all that is. It's, mm-hmm. it's somebody saying, oh, well, Brooke Lopez shoots three, so that, that fits more into today's trends. Okay, but that doesn't mean that D.A. Isn't, is a traditional uh, center. The way he runs the floor is unlike a lot of other players in, in the NBA at his position. David Robinson ran the floor like he does, right? But he's like one of the few. Shaq in his early days, sure. But he's not a, a pound you in the paint kind of guy. He's not a guy that just commands the ball down low. He does his job, and he does it very, very well, and he gives his team exactly what they need, which is not the traditional sense of what a big man used to be. The The big man used to be the focal point. It used to be the focal point. It's not anymore, and DA is not a part of that. So that's no. why I would completely disagree with why he thinks this is a, a traditional center. No, it's, it's not.
0: Some nights, DA is – is the fourth option. He's not even one of the top 3 options on some nights. And I don't get I think it's even lazy from an analytics perspective because analytics tells you close to the basket and out at the three point line is are, are the ba- baskets you should care about, right? Deandre Ayton is shooting ridiculous all-time highest percentage in playoffs. He's shooting by playing with near the rim, that doesn't mean that, that it doesn't fit analytics. It doesn't mean that he couldn't shoot threes. It just means he's the most efficient player in playoff history, so why the hell would you want him to shoot threes? I just I don't understand. Yeah. And anybody that looks at this, if you're going to tell me Brooke Lopez is, is basically the insinuation is the better center for the future of the NBA, you're insane. I just I yeah. don't understand it at all.
2: This is somebody who hasn't watched any of the games. Even if they watched the finals games, they would see that D.A. is not an old-school center from the 90s. The dude literally said old-school center from the 90s because of his shot profile being all close to the basket and not watching, actually watching D.A.
1: He must not have seen seen Hakeem Olajuwon play because he was not close to the basket.
0: Oh, yeah, it was all all dream shakes. And the
2: guy only tangentially goes, oh, yeah, and then there's – Joel Embiid in the in the league these days. I'm like, would you call Joel Embiid old school? No, because he takes one three a game or something like that. So yeah. it's just ridiculous. Uh, lazy. DA it's just lazy. Is very unique, and he's doing exactly what this team needs. And the last thing they need is another guy making 30% of his threes like Brooke Lopez does. I mean, <laughs> Lopez does make some threes, but the dude shoots 30% or less. You don't need that.
0: Well, and they forget the gravity of D A opens it up like for those guys on the perimeter in the Suns lineup to hit those threes. Part of why they go fifty percent from the field is because uh, the last game is because the focus part of the focus of the defense was making sure D A didn't get anything down low, and they so they had open perimeter guys. I whatever. I I I think yeah. I've wasted enough breath on being confused by this. Uh, this uh position but any any other thoughts from you guys before we move on my no, only other thing is I listen
2: to some of those yeah thank you perplex good job thank you, perplex. um yeah, the only $5 other thing donation of these national right. podcasts and uh they are still so uninformed about the sun oh it's man oh so just so their takes are just so bad somebody just said and i thought he was really good um but he just said well, now that the Suns are going on the road, you know they're going to have a tough time keeping up. They're the best road team in the league. They want, they have won more road games than lost in this they've, playoffs.
0: They've closed every series on the road.
2: Closed <laughs> every series on the road. They've won more than they've lost on the road in the playoffs. So don't tell me the Suns are going to shrink in Milwaukee. They may not win both games, but they're not going to shrink.
1: Well, I, I listened to uh, 20 minutes of the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and that thing is Straight up trash. Absolute trash. Bill Simmons, trash. You're trash, sir. Because the reason why is because they sat there and just talked about Milwaukee for the first 20 minutes. And he had some useless guest on at the beginning of the show who was a Milwaukee guy. And he was just sitting there talking about how basically the Milwaukee Bucks haven't been efficient, and that's the only reason why that they're losing in this series. Not the fact that they've been outplayed. Not the fact that they've been out-executed. Not the fact that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are better than Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew combined. No, it was all about Milwaukee and how inefficient they are. And then they followed it up by saying, but, you know, Milwaukee shouldn't even be here because they're not even, you know, they're not even a really good team. They're just fortunate enough to be here because everything went their way. And I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and say that they're inefficient, but yeah, they also suck, but it's not really the Sun's problem and the reason why uh, they're losing in this series. Like, you can't have it both ways. I just do not like that podcast at well. all. I don't even know why I listened to it in the first place.
0: When you can't find us on Spotify next week, uh, you can send an email to Saul Bookman, uh, since Spotify owns the Bill Simmons show. So, or if you can't find this episode, we'll send you an MP3. All right.
1: It's just uh, lazy. Bill Simmons no, is lazy. His takes are lazy. And I he doesn't agree. do any research in any, any, he doesn't take any time to understand why the sons are the sons. He just wants to bash them because he's a freaking Celtics lover.
0: But nobody has because in, in most cases mm-hmm. because they didn't think they'd have to.
1: This Will is Simmons. a surprise run. Simmons is the Scott Foster of podcasts.
0: <laughs> he, he's going to find some way to screw Chris Paul. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> yeah. uh, that's fine. Look, I, I, I love the passion, and I understand it. I mean, the national media, outside of our, our guy Kendrick Perkins, who everybody thought was freaking insane the way he was yeah. talking all year about the Suns, yeah. And this dude gets the last laugh and you know what he gets rewarded yeah. <laughs> with having to sit in the heat in Phoenix and, and be sweating in a suit. Did you see that video clip yeah. the other day?
2: Uh, you have like eight but, people trying to dry him off. Yeah.
0: But Kendrick Perkins is the one guy that's looked at this and believed in it the entire time from a national perspective and more power to him. I mean, uh, you gotta you gotta be impressed with what he's been able to do when nobody else looked at it and to your point bill Simmons ha- has treated this run as oh yeah 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 and whatever you know we've heard other national voices Dan Patrick's kind of done some of that although he has a a different tact obviously than than others you know uh, Kevin O'Connor's another guy that that actually, Looked at it and and has analyzed it and has you know has has looked at the Suns as uh, as a real contender. You know, Raja Bell at times has, but but there's definitely a, a bias uh, because nobody expected to have to know much about the Suns. It was always yeah yeah they're yeah. It, they're gonna drop off you know. yeah mm-hmm. yeah this this isn't important because no way they'll ever make it to a point where they're gonna be that important. Well, guess what. They are, and you're all gonna have like three months soon to research up on them, uh, and hopefully they're the defending champs. And you have to you have to give some respect and put some respect on that name because well, PHX is for
1: real. In addition to that, but like like Stephen A. Smith, right? I I, I appreciate what Stephen A. Smith has done, right? Because he too did not know much about this Phoenix Suns team. He knew about Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But as the playoffs have gone, have gone along, you could see Stephen A. was like, "Bruh, like, is anybody paying attention to this team? Because they are good." And yeah. he's come aboard more and more. And after when you watch him in post game, he's like, "Dude, these brothers can ball, just like that."
0: <laughs> that is a pretty good impression. Look, also, <laughs> uh, also, uh, obviously, our boy Bobby Marks has seen this coming, and he's told us for for years you know, that that he saw this team being good uh, you know mike wilbon is also there, there's a lot of i don't want to paint with a wide brush because that's when it's it's yeah. dangerous and people do that to, to Suns fans and, and podcasters too it's like oh you guys are just homers or or you know you get it the other way oh you're all haters i, I don't want to paint with a wide brush there are very very good professionals as well up oh, uh side show uh, <laughs> dropped 20 bucks in he's pre-purchasing Ah, uh, the book of Gene is, uh, and he's gonna send it to Bill Simmons. Thank you. I I <laughs> love autograph, that. An autographed,
1: an autographed copy. <laughs> we, That's right. we will do that. I I love that. Uh, all Actually, right. Actually, Dave let's... Dave King, if you do write a book, you have to oh. do that. You have to do that, and then as the forward, put a picture of yourself. Right, put guy. a picture of yourself in the forward, giving Dave uh, Bill Simmons the middle finger.
0: Can, there you go. Can you? You've got. There's so many people you <laughs> have to have to send that to with. Uh, with uh, that have said this isn't a sports town there uh, there's just all sorts of people that that you'll be able I to got I got, I got fired up over that one autograph book uh that says this wasn't a sports town absolutely
2: that person's <laughs> Dave, getting
0: one Dave we will promote the crap out of your book don't you worry it'll we we'll to hey, no book no I'm tour. not
2: saying anything I'm not saying anything I'm not putting shit out there no look Ooh, don't you,
1: jinx it don't jinx it no, no jinx See, I it.
2: can jinx the suns I ain't jinxing no, myself no, <laughs> no jinx it <laughs>
1: You could still write a book without them winning a championship if that were to ever happen
0: <laughs> I'm writing I'm gonna write a book about all the craziness that has happened on this yeah. show over four and there a half know. years Game three coming up oh, Sunday that would be
2: that would sell like three copies
1: today. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say you it was to
2: sell yeah. it it was
0: just I, I wouldn't
2: even
1: buy it i, I, know. It, I i'd it, only be i'd only be the last page so would be
2: like can i get that
0: last chapter i don't want any of that other crap that you guys did game the three coming up on chapter. sunday yeah uh, sunday <laughs> let's uh let's take a look at it preview it a bit uh before i need some advice though tomorrow is my 12th anniversary Ooh. With the misses, Ooh. Oh. Ooh. How many Ooh. flowers do I have to get Ooh. to be in the clear when I spend two and a half hours watching a game? Listen and son. then potentially post game with you, Clouds.
1: Listen, son, it ain't a day, man. It's a weekend. It just turned into the weekend for you. It oh, better it's start as, as soon as soon half. as soon as we get off of this podcast, you that the whole next like thirty-six hours until tip. Is all about her. And I didn't mean tip as a pun, okay? Hey. Um, Oh,
0: (laughs) it brings us to our Manscaped, Dad. Manscaped, (laughs) if you have an anniversary this weekend and need to clean up the boys for whatever you may be doing for the Mrs. Anniversary and the lawnmower 4.0, you can get that and get it for 20% off by using the code FLAMINGBALLERS at checkout at manscaped.com you get free shipping as well it's 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code flaming ballers for all your anniversary needs make sure that you're clean trim and looking good
1: for your missus
0: i didn't actually set that up to do a manscaped ad but so i'll, uh, hey. so I'll put it in there
1: yeah so, hey uh, i'm like cp3 and you're like da baby i just throw <laughs> you you just finish it off
0: so, so what you're saying, and and actually, I do have today planned as a as the beginning of the anniversary. Uh, I feel like if I give 24 good hours of effort, I'm all right to watch Game Three. I feel like that's okay, right? Yeah, you just give 24
1: seconds. It. It's better than the 24 seconds oh. of effort you usually give, right? Well, oh.
0: that, that's gonna be part of the evening oh. after I use ah. manscaped. Manscaped. Wish. <laughs> Code (laughs) Flaming Ballers, 20% off. (laughs) Gentlemen, game three. Uh, perplexed. So, I
2: don't know what spa are you in? Uh, are you in? Uh, send Iowa? her to the, uh, her to the spa. All right.
0: For 20 bucks, that's, that's going to be. Uh, that's uh,
2: the tip. I may never
0: see my wife again if I send her to her $20 spa. I give her 24 seconds just, of just, effort. Hey, just take her
1: just take her to the mall and get her in one of those, you know, massage chairs. <laughs> you know, just keep Honey, feeding it.
0: Here's three hours <laughs> yeah, worth yeah, yeah. of this massage chair. Enjoy. As uh,
1: people walk by.
0: Perplexed <laughs> Damage gave us 20 bucks. For it. Anyways, let's thank you so talk much about it. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, thanks for flex.
0: Yes, thank you guys. Game three, Sunday night. What are you guys expecting out of the game? And what adjustments, if any, do the Suns? We've talked about the Bucks a lot, but what adjustments, if any, do the Suns need to make to try to make this a 3-0 lead? Saul, you you go first.
1: Um, okay, so I think the Bucks are going to come out and they're going to they're going to come out with their hair on fire, or at least try to. But I don't think it's any different than they did in Game Two. They came out with their hair on fire in Game Two as well, and they they got to a good start in Game Two. It just couldn't carry forward, uh, and I think the same thing is going to be said in Game Three. The crowd is going to give them that extra little boost and that extra little lift to make that run last a little bit longer. But it's hard for me to expect outside of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday like really balling out. Um, it's hard for me to see a scenario where the Suns don't do the same thing, where they just kind of stay their pace and keep, you know, wearing Milwaukee down and then finally taking the lead. And if that should happen in this game, let's say the Bucks get up by more than 10 points, right? Um, eventually when the Suns kind of keep poking you, poking you, poking you, it's going to decrease that lead. And and once they take that lead, I don't think they're looking back. Um if that should happen in this game, I think that'll be it. Milwaukee, if they establish a double digit lead, they have to maintain that lead the entire time because if they give up that lead in any way, shape, or form, it's over. It's over. So that's what I would look for.
2: Dave. Yeah. Uh as far as game three. Yeah, at all. I mean, I gotta see the Suns body language in the first quarter. If the body language is 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 focused and strong, it doesn't matter what the Bucks do. Uh, they can get a ten-point lead. They can have, uh, or the Suns could lead from the tip. It doesn't, whatever. It's about the Suns' body language. If the Suns are gonna play with effort and focus, they'll eventually win the game in Game Three. If they come out flat, we'll know it in the first quarter.
1: I, I will say one more thing um, to kind of piggyback off of that point. Two guys that I'm watching for in Game Three specifically: Abdul Nader and Frank Komitsky. One of those two are going to have to step up in the absence of Tory Craig if he should not play tomorrow, um, and they're going to get some minutes. How they perform in those minutes um, could be very crucial. So I, I would look – I think Frank's going to get the nod. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to get the nod, and I hope he plays better than Quinto's he has not. so far.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, he's going back home. Do, yeah. Dominate with force, but be smart about it. Uh, with, I think that's the key for Aiton. If he tries too hard and gets in foul trouble, you've opened up the largest path for the Milwaukee Bucks to, to try to get a victory. Uh, If, if if Torrey Craig can't play, or even if he's 70% with that knee. So uh, that's, uh, that's just when you look at it, I, I, he has to stay out of foul trouble And, and he's done it very well in this playoffs, but He's going to be a key on both ends of the floor tomorrow. And, and Saul, you're right. Somebody's going to have to make up those minutes that you're not going to be able to uh, to play Tory Craig if he's out, that obviously Sarge was, was playing as well. Mm-hmm. Aiton has to take some of those. I think he's got to play more minutes the rest of the way to close this out. But then you're looking at Frank Kaminsky, Cam Johnson for me. Give Cam more minutes. Yeah. See what he can do. Stretch him. He's been great. That's what
2: I would do. I would do the Cam Johnson minutes rather than Frank minutes.
0: Yeah. Give me, give me more Cam. And if he can't handle it for some reason, break glass in case of emergency. Turn Kaminsky Cove into emergency shelter. Like if you have to do it. Uh, That's uh, as much as I love Frank. I don't want major backup minutes going to him from the defensive perspective. It's a liability. Well, guys, we're,
2: really, we're really only talking about four or five minutes. Yes. So let's but those not four or five minutes can swing everything. So, no, I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it. But we're just make sure that uh, the people who are yeah. watching here listening don't think we're talking about a major rotation situation. No. We're not. Because um, – we're talking about, first of all, we're talking about Dario's minutes being backed up and then Tori's inside of that. We're really only talking about a few minutes um, that isn't already going to be covered by the, the, the usual guys. So yep. if Frank or Dooley get five minutes in this game, because of that, they get five minutes in this game. Yep. I feel more bad for Javon Carter, but you know what? There's no one for Javon Carter really to defend um, in this. And uh, I, you know, he'll, I see that guy practicing his threes after every single game. He is he is fire from there. The only problem is you got to get him an open three, and uh, he he just he doesn't have the handles to be able to be out there.
0: Abdel Nader with with uh, Javon Carter on his shoulders. There's your backup center for those four (laughs) four or five minutes. Let's uh, let's make it happen. So guys, we have got much. (laughs) <laughs> we, we've gone, we've we gone much longer than we ever have. Yeah. Right. Hopefully,
1: we, that's the same thing the misses will say tomorrow. Hey! Hey! hey,
0: about DeAndre Ayton in the game yeah. three. That's uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: sure. Look, whatever, whatever you want, Espo. Whatever I'm, gonna, I'm want.
0: gonna, land this damn shit because we've You're done hundred. DeAndre
2: Ayton <laughs> in the rest of the playoffs. You're gonna finish.
0: We've done an hour <laughs> and twenty-one minutes. We've done eighty-one minutes. Of this program and it's devolving into things I'm uncomfortable talking about.
2: All right, and, uh,
0: and so I have about easy. three hours of manscaping I have to go do. So let's get out
2: of
1: here.
2: Espo's getting a spa day just brings the oh, yes. I, go?
0: I got that twenty bucks. I got to go figure out a spa to send the missus to. Just so. just
1: remember, Espo. Just head, head you know just trim the hedges. Don't scorch the earth. Okay.
0: Oh, Thank you. And on that note, you can follow <laughs> Dave King at Dave King NBA. The NBA. Is there because Mr. Larry may be coming to Phoenix. And then you can follow Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The the space is there to fit in that lawnmower 4.0 for Manscaped. There you go, you need a little ledge to hold that bad boy, just like behind Saul in the background of his there shot. Right but look at that. manscape getting so much love. There you you get DraftKings yeah. in there too. All your right winners there. you can just the 4.0, the baby. in there as well. You can follow me at Espo. You can follow the show. At Sun Solar Panel, we will be back live. Well, most of us, maybe I won't, but we'll be back live after Game Three tomorrow night, Sunday.
2: To talk will more about uh, how your how your anniversary went, depending on whether you show up.
0: <laughs> this is true. So we will talk to you next time here on the Solar Panel.
1: Hoi oh, hoi. Channel our energy the right way, we can make big things happen like tonight. Three oh, pointer on fire. Grounder looking, throws alley. Oh! Hey, he puts it alley. He puts it down. And uh, I'm just
0: so happy for all the people around me. You know what I mean? And to do it here in
1: LA with the Clippers, there's my family too. We didn't want to do a game seven, we want to do it here tonight.
0: Chris Paul is in the NBA finals. What do you think when you hear that sentence?
1: man it sound
0: damn good damn good it's been a lot of work man